This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The rock and wrestling connection I want to talk about today has nothing to do with the promotional commingling of Cindy Lauper and the WWF. As important as that union was to the resurgence of wrestling and pop culture at the start of the 80s, the rock and wrestling connection I'm referring to has everything to do with three musical wrestlers and the three music icons who inspired their wrestling personas. Let's begin this episode with the Little Richard Johnny B. Bad connection. We'll get to the others later. Little Richard liked to call himself the architect of rock and roll because he was singing rock and roll in his early teens without even knowing it, thereby laying down the blueprints of the genre for everybody else who followed. Building on the foundation of blues and gospel artists like Muddy Waters, Ruth Brown, Mahalia Jackson, and Sonny Boy Williamson, Little Richard wrote and performed hit songs like Tutti Frutti and Good Golly Miss Molly. Unfortunately, these songs were bigger hits when covered by singers like Pat Boone and Elvis Presley. In the 50s, radio stations were pressured not to play black music to white audiences, feeding them milk-toast versions of the soulful originals instead. And yet, it is a testament to Little Richard's dynamic live performances that segregated black and white audiences often wound up partying together at the end of his concerts. His ability to bring people together through his rock and roll showmanship and raw energy set the standard for future icons like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Prince, Michael Jackson, and so many more including an up-and-coming wrestler in the 1990s named Mark Merrow, better known to wrestling fans as Johnny B. Bad. Mark Merrow has stated in interviews that Johnny B. Bad was actually created by legendary wrestler Dusty Rhodes. In addition to being an all-around great wrestler, Dusty Rhodes was also a creative force behind the scenes, writing storylines, booking matches, scouting and mentoring young talent. One of those talents was a jobber named Mark Merrow. Seeing Merrow's potential as a crowd draw, Rhodes rebranded Merrow into a Little Richard lookalike named Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Bad hailed from Macon, Georgia. That was one of the many deferential nods to Little Richard, as Richard also hailed from Macon, Georgia. Sporting Little Richard's flamboyance, but no pompadour to match, Johnny B. Bad started out as a heel, managed by Teddy Long, one of the few black managers during the 1990s. Playing up his heel role, Johnny B. Bad was all about tongue-in-cheek self-adulation, mixing a smidgen of Southern sass with a smidgen of Muhammad Ali, talking about, I'm so pretty, I should have been born a little girl. Bad was a lot closer to resembling Muhammad Ali than a pretty little girl. Mark Merrow was a serious former amateur boxer who'd won a few New York Golden Gloves tournaments before turning to pro wrestling. He did a lot of shadow boxing during his promos and even had a finishing move called the Tutti Frutti, a left-handed knockout hook. With all the color and flash Johnny B. Bad brought to the ring, it was no wonder he soon became a fan favorite. 
Not long after he turned face, Johnny B. Bad added a new gimmick to his growing arsenal of Little Richard tropes, a confetti gun. While the confetti gun was probably more Rip Taylor shtick than Little Richard panache, it was still quite the crowd-pleaser. The confetti gun was known as the Bad Blaster, and it was pure spectacle. It's too easy for anyone to dismiss Johnny B. Bad as just pure spectacle. Mark Merrow was a very good wrestler. In addition to winning the WCW World Television Championship three times, Johnny B. Bad held the WWE Intercontinental Championship during his time at the WWE, where he wrestled as wild man Mark Merrow. With those kinds of credentials, how could Mark Merrow be anything less than a world-class wrestler? Merrill trained at the Malenko Wrestling Academy in Florida, under the tutelage of the Malenko family. The Malenkos, like the Hart family of Canada and the Guerreros of Mexico, are considered wrestling royalty. And with a physique that rivaled that of ravishing Rick Rude, it's a wonder Mark Merrill couldn't sustain the success he had when he was Johnny B. Bad. Let's not forget, this man was a pure athlete in every sense of the word, playing competitive hockey as a youth, and later adding boxing and bodybuilding titles to his resume. I think it came down to one thing. Mark Merrow was Johnny B. Bad. Not Wild Man Merrow or any other reincarnation. How do you top the Johnny B. Bad character? How do you outdo Little Richard? There's just nowhere else to go from there. WCW retained the rights to the Johnny B. Bad character, and Merrow couldn't bring the character with him when he went to the WWE, although he did bring his wife. I guess that was WCW's way of punishing its defecting wrestlers. But it doesn't justify the wasting of a great character. I mean, what else was WCW going to do with the Johnny B. Bad character? As a result... Merrill was forced to adopt new personas, none of which could live up to the shimmer and shine of the Johnny B. Bad character. No matter how much skill a wrestler may possess, if their character doesn't resonate with the fans, they're facing an uphill battle. There's a long, rich history of flamboyant, effeminate, pretty boy wrestling characters dating as far back as Gorgeous George in the 1940s and 50s. Following in George's footsteps were wrestlers like the exotic Adrian Street, the adorable Adrian Adonis, the model Rick Martel, Goldust, and of course, Johnny B. Bad. Their elaborate behavior, precise attention to grooming and pageantry getting to the ring were surefire ways to piss off fans for a very long time. But Johnny B. Bad couldn't stay heel forever. His character was based on a beloved music icon that was still on the public's radar when Bad came into prominence. I think wrestling fans saw Johnny B. Bad not as a caricature, but an homage to Little Richard. Merrill, like many other wrestlers of his time, was facing a bigger uphill battle and winning over the fans with a new gimmick. He was abusing anabolic steroids and recreational drugs. 
upfront about his seven years of drug abuse and distressed by the steady rise of drug-induced tragedies in the wrestling world, Merrill publicly advocated for greater regulation of the wrestling industry. For his efforts, WWE employees criticized Merrill, calling him a silly bastard and a goof who had nothing to do with the business. It was the typical knee-jerk response to whistleblowers. They're just disgruntled employees, full of sour grapes. Eventually, Merrill left wrestling altogether and made it his mission to reach out to students in Florida schools about the consequences of drug abuse and school bullying. Anyone doubting Merrill's sincerity should check him out on YouTube during a shoot on wrestling shoot interviews where he talks about the origins of Johnny B. Bad, Little Richard, Dusty Rhodes, and his reasons for leaving the WCW and joining the WWE. He also talks about ex-wife Rena Merrow, better known to all wrestling fans as Sable. Merrow's joviality is infectious. There really doesn't seem to be the slightest trace of bitterness about him. In contrast, there was a lot for Little Richard to be bitter about. He never won a Grammy and was scammed out of years and years of royalties. To boot, his white contemporaries made a lot more money than he did covering his songs. And just to make sure no one in the music world ever forgot these indignities, Little Richard quipped before announcing the Best New Artist winner on the night of the 30th Grammy Award telecast. And the Best New Artist is... Little Richard's other connection to wrestling, besides Johnny B. Bad, is singing America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 10. WWE blocked the YouTube video of his performance, but I could only presume it was a great rendition. So, what did Little Richard think about Mark Merrow's take on him? Sitting at his piano, as Mark Merrow tells it, Little Richard pointed to a poster of Merrow as Johnny B. Bad complete with androgynous pancake makeup, feather boa, matching sweatband and relaxed black hair. Richard shook his head, ripped the photo to pieces and said, Uh-uh, he ain't as pretty as me. Mark Murrow might agree with that sentiment exactly, but Johnny B. Bad, however. In the Wrestling Shoots interview segment I mentioned earlier, Mark Murrow said he received a text from Little Richard's driver a year or two after Little Richard passed away. The driver told Merrill that Little Richard liked Merrill's version of him, putting to rest any doubts that Merrill might have about how the impression had gone over with the architect of rock and roll himself. Merrill seemed pleased with Little Richard's reaction. As Mark Merrill tells it, there was Hollywood talk of a possible possible TV series starring Little Richard and Johnny B. Bad as a father and son team who get into all kinds of shenanigans when 
Bad Dad Richard sneaks his wild party pals into the wrestling gym owned by good son Johnny B for some after-hours hijinks. Hilarity ensues. Episode after episode after episode. The thing is, I can actually see this as a syndicated show in the fall lineup of a local TV network. Say, New York, New Jersey's Channel 9 during the 90s. Sandwiched somewhere between Small Wonder and Sister Sister. Good golly, Miss Molly, it would have been fun to see those two performing before a live studio audience. With those two and their flair for showmanship, I think the show would have ran for years. And it could have been called Keep a Knockin', But You Can't Come In. I know. The title's way too long. Here's another pitch. Johnny B. Bad versus the Honky Tonk Man. As far as I know, that never happened, but it should have. It could have. If anybody knows otherwise, please let me know. Next time, it's Elvis and the Honky Tonk Man. You've been listening to Wrestling with Heels On. Join me next time as we take another stroll down Villainy Lane. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.